Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 28. I am Cyrus, and I'm joined by my co-host Casey. And today we have a very special episode. We have Matthew Lamont, who was an offensive coordinator and run game coordinator at Hercules High School for three years and is now the current head coach at Tamil Pius High School. And we're going to be interviewing him today, asking him some questions. It's going to be a really interesting episode. We're really excited to have you. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, man. How you doing, Cyrus? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, it's yeah. an exciting time, and uh, it's fun to come down here and do this whole thing. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit, sort of, how, how you chose Tamil Pius and that transition, the interview process. I think a lot of people assume, you know, high school is lower level and you don't have to go through a bunch of hoops, but sometimes it's it can get pretty wild. Yeah, it can. Um, so, I was at Hercules for a while. Um, I was getting my teaching credential and I was coaching there. Um, and it was great. You know, I have nothing against those guys. And then, you know, it looked like the end of the road for some of them. So I was like, oh, it's time for me to go see what else I can get and see if I can move up. So I interviewed a couple of places, uh, a couple of offensive coordinator jobs, a couple of head coaching mm-hmm. jobs, you know, in different places up in Sacramento, out in Alameda, um, those kind of places. Um, and, you know, every place I kind of went was – just to be honest kind of weird the interview is weird they're like very different i have lots of stories about it um i had one interview panel that was asking me how it adjusted halftime and had me walk out of the interview and then think about it and then come back in and draw stuff up on a board which i uh-huh. thought was like super weird right like we're trying to help young men and women become better people sure it's not just about like how i can adjust at yeah. halftime yeah um which was super weird and then uh, I was, uh, you know, over in Marin County, and I saw the job opening, and and I was like, oh, it looks interesting. Um, you know, they haven't been super good as of late. I didn't know anything about the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother actually went there for a year, um, way back in the day, yeah, which was kind of cool. Um, and then I, you know, I I went in and interviewed with them, um, and I, you know, it felt it felt right. It felt like they had most of their stuff together. What mm-hmm. what they were looking for, what they wanted. Um, and how they saw it going through. So uh, that's kind of how I settled on being there. I'm happy that they gave me the job, and I'm happy the athletic director was so put together and saw something good in me um, and and asked me to come be the coach. And then I got lucky enough to get a teaching job there too. So I'm so literally at the school from 5 in the morning till 7 o'clock at night every day. <laughs> nice. How many but, years has it been at Tamil Pius? Uh, it's been three. Well, three and a half. So I started in March so almost actually four. Okay. So this will be my coming up on my fourth season. Just finished my third season, but it's been more like four years there so far. Nice. So you're going into your fourth season. Yeah, going into my fourth season as the head coach and my third year as a teacher. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Matt's pretty humble, so he's not gonna he's not gonna brag. But he <laughs> he took this team. I mean, his overall record is 17 and 12, and this was a team uh, first year coming in four and five, and basically turned the franchise around. Uh, franchise. I, I don't know if that's a, no, you that's, use that word in high school. school franchise. Uh, usually you go with program, but, program. but we'll franchise with, uh, works too. Yeah. We'll go with program. That seems more fitting. Turn the program around um, to what is now a playoff team. Hosted their first playoff uh, game at Tamil Pius in over seventy years. So you know, if you want to brag, we're okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would brag. I would sit here and brag all the time. But I have, you know, I mean, you guys, people that listen to podcasts know Casey, and he coaches with me. Um, and he's been a big help to the whole situation. Um, and I got other great coaches. And the kids in general and the community are super great about the whole thing. So when parents are like, oh, you're so awesome, or, or the or the administration's like, you're doing a great job, I'm like, I just kind of 
doing it, right? Like yeah. I don't feel like I'm doing anything amazing, but it just kind of plays out the right way. Um, which, you know, always comes back to having the right people around you and, and teaching the kids the right stuff and, and, and worrying caring, about caring. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I, you know it, it comes down to that. And then, you know, the kids kind of pick up on it, right? Yeah. Like you're not faking it. So then they pick up on yeah. it and they kind of take it and run with it. And so then that's, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Nice. Uh, going back to the interviews a little bit, what's uh, you, you said? Tamalpais was very put together, but you, you said you had some great stories from other schools. We don't have to name names of other schools, but like, what's a very a weird question they asked you, or uh, something that rattled you a little bit? Maybe something you wish you had done differently looking back on on the interview par- process. I think the the biggest thing I would have done differently is you know I, I went in knowing generally about the school but didn't mm-hmm. know enough about the the culture of the program the football programs they've had or anything that had happened yeah um the weird i mean the weird one i already said that they were asking me scheme things it was like yeah, the yeah. principal and the athletic director there's no one else <laughs> on the panel principal athletic director and they're having me draw up schemes on the board and i'm like this is super weird right yeah. like this this doesn't feel like i'm interviewing for a high school it feels like i'm interviewing for like a, a college team like you want to know my mm-hmm. schemes and how i'm doing stuff like you know, that's why you you don't hire me for my schemes. Football is football, right? Yeah, like like anyone can run anything. Like yeah. Cyrus mm-hmm. could go in and run the the power eye offense and teach it effectively. Yeah. But if he doesn't care about all the kids, then it doesn't matter. So that was super weird. And then I had another interview um out in Alameda, um, and they were just like, Yeah, we're kind of just looking for someone to to babysit some kids for a while. Like they didn't have any like <laughs> want to be better, right? They're just yeah. like we want to make sure kids aren't out on the street. And I was like, that's that's admirable to want that. Sure, but, but I'm not trying to just be a babysitter, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I'm that's what they to, want. That's not what you want, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you, it has to line up some way. Um, and on top of that, like you want to be like I want to be able to teach at the place that I coach, right? Mm-hmm. Because then I get to constantly have contact with these kids and see how they're doing and check up on them. And a lot of these places uh, seem to divorce the two ideas, right? Like you're a coach or a teacher. You're not Mm -hmm. both. Or you're a coach first and then a teacher or a teacher first and then a coach. Not like you can be both at the same time. Um, And so I think that was the biggest thing at Tamil Pius, right? Like they were all about like you could be both. It could be great. Um, And the parents were all about, hey, we want you to hold our kids accountable and we don't just want you out there, you know, babysitting and letting them do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that was the biggest thing for me. So Makes sense. You got the job now. What's you get the kids or the parents or whatever the first meeting? What is what do you say? Like oh. You're you're a brand new face. <laughs> People don't really know you. You're this big bearded guy. Yeah. And you're walking in. You're pretty young at that point, right? Yeah. You're what? You were 20, 24, 25. Yeah. yeah. Twenty It's a great question. There. I mean, at, at any level of football, you have to win over your locker room, and how you do that. Yeah. It's a tough question to ask, but we're asking it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a tough question. Um, And I think the biggest thing at first was I didn't want to meet with any of the parents, which Mm -hmm. is counterintuitive because you have to be together with the parents. We all have to provide the same front and know what's going on. But the first meeting I had was just with kids. We met in the the gym, and they hadn't had many kids play. They had 17 Mm -hmm. kids on their roster for a varsity football team the first year I was there, which is nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
How many do you want, ideally, to put it in context? Um, I mean, it depends on the situation, but I think, you know, my perfect number, and, and of course, you can go back and forth, but the perfect number, I think, is 35 on a varsity roster. Okay. In the program, yeah. probably a lot more, but 35, you're not holding any extra weight, right? Yeah. Everyone's getting coached effectively, and there's still some competition to see who gets the starting job. Sure. Right. So it is half of what the ideal is, right? Yeah. And I think we had 32, 33 last year, there. right? Um, barring some injuries and other yeah. things, but not everyone was healthy at the same point. But, <laughs> but we had thirty-three, thirty-three names on the mm-hmm. sheet that had pads and equipment and knew what we were doing. Um, but my first, the, I mean, the first thing I did is I walked into the gym, um, and we had it was twenty some odd guys in there, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> what the thing is, ten of these kids are freshmen. Like this will be really fun, right? So. I walk in there and, and you know, the, it was just out the gate. I said, guys, we're not going to, maybe we won't win. Maybe we will win. Of course, we want to win. Winning is more fun, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, no one goes to play a game and, like, oh, it's okay if we lose. Like, no, it's not okay if you lose, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to win. But, I, you know, the first thing I, I said very firmly was, guys, the guys that show up every day and put in the most effort are the guys that are going to have their starting jobs, right? Yeah. I don't care who, if you think you're the starting running back. Now everyone's at zero. Who shows up? Who puts in the work? They get the start. Um, and it proved great, right? You can ask uh, Casey over here. I think this year we had 14 seniors, 13 seniors. Yeah, They were all guys that when I came in were freshmen, right, and had – just worked every day, showed up yep. every day to get Put stuff in, work. in, right? Yeah. And they started as sophomores, and then as juniors they were starting, and then seniors, like, we had a great run this year because I think that they understood that from the get-go, and they yeah. were teaching other kids the same thing. So that was kind of the the first thing we did, right, is that we had this talk, hey, guys that work the hardest, you guys are going to be first um, to play. And, of course, you know, maybe a guy doesn't work as hard, comes out, and he's way more athletic. Now we have a battle, but – the guys that work the hardest, put in the most effort, they're going to be the first ones up to play. So that was kind of the first conversation I had with them. And then with the parents, it was always about, you know, it's your it's your son or daughter first, and then it's the student second, mm-hmm. and then there are athletes last. So I'm going to make sure they, they can act appropriately and they have time to be your son or daughter. I'm going to make sure that they're in class and getting stuff done so they can be a student. And then playing football is icing on cake. Let's get better at that. Mm-hmm. Did nice. you experience sort of any pushback in establishing a new culture and a team that, I mean, I know I, I know all of the kids that I've interacted with, like they're good kids and they work hard, but were there any, maybe some seniors or juniors that you inherited that, that weren't as, as young or impressionable or, or something where it was more difficult to get them on board? Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, they're all good kids. So I never want to like out them as like, ah, this kid no. was terrible, right? Yeah. Like they were all great. And all kids, right, just like professionals, like you guys talk about professional football and college, they all come in with stuff going on, right? There's stuff in their life that they come in with, you know, stuff going on at home. And as a high schooler, it's way more difficult to deal with that because you have to go home to it every day, right? You can't remove yourself from those Mm -hmm. situations. Um, And so when I came in, I mean, the seniors were actually pretty good at picking up on it. So, like, you, a couple of their brothers play for us now, right? Mm -hmm. So, like... You know, you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, that kid's dope, right? His brother was great. He's the one that started it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, there's a couple of difficult ones. I had a really difficult junior that came out, and the first year, you know, halfway through the season, I said, hey, man, we don't, we don't need you out here anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You, either you get on the bus and, you, and you're all in, or you don't get on the bus, right? You stay at the station. 
yeah. and he wanted to stay at the station. So I told him, hey, man, um, you're going to have to stay here. You can come out next year when you're a senior and see if it works out for you. Yeah. Um, and he did. He came out the next year as a senior. Um, you know, still had some issues that we worked through, um, but but played in the playoff game and, and mm-hmm. played against El Cerrito and did pretty well. Played against MC at the end of the season, did pretty well. Um, Casey was Casey was on me all the time. He's good. We got to put him in. He's the next guy up. I was like, dude, I don't know. I still got some feelings about him. Um, and then I had, you know, a couple other kids that came out senior year that had real tough backgrounds, some, some you know, kids that were in foster care, those kinds of things. Yeah. And those were always difficult to deal yeah. with, right, because they come in with all this back. They don't want to trust some big, you know, <laughs> big white guy with a beard that's yelling at them to work hard, and they're like, what is going on, right? Usually I just mm-hmm. get to roam around and do my thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a different way of dealing with them, right? So you hold certain kids accountable, but you have to cut some kids some slack here and yeah. there or talk to them a little more nicely, you know. Um, and so I did inherit some of them, but most mostly, you know, guys got on board and figured it out. And, you know, we, we turned out okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, so you, we talked a little bit about the turnaround of the, the program, not, not a franchise. Uh, <laughs> what, what did you see in your mind when you came in and you said – here's what we need to change in order to make this this a successful program, whether that's a f- philosophical thing or X's and O's or changing specific schemes, whatever it may be. What what did you see when you came in and said, here's how I think I can change this? You know, um, and we we all went through it when we were mm-hmm. in high school, right? Yep. Like yeah. we have one head coach that leaves and the next one comes in. And, and when you come in with like a it didn't seem like, and I'm not going to out the individual that came in when we were juniors in high school, but it didn't seem like he had a very great direction or like he wanted to be there for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're talking about the coach, the previous coach? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm talking about when we were in high school. Oh, right. Oh, the guy it, that came in our junior year didn't seem like he had he had uh, much direction or want to be there. Like he was just looking yeah. for the next thing to do. Sure. Right? Um, and so I kind of take that in stride. And when I got there, I, you know, my whole thing was, hey, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here for at least five years, right? If not mm-hmm. more. And I want to make sure that in my fifth year, when now everyone that's playing for me is my guy and brand new, yeah. they understand how everything's going to work. And the most philosophically apt thing I can say was everyone is going to be accountable for all their actions, right? At all times, everyone's going to give massive effort, right? And those are philosophically what we're looking for. So <clears throat> it starts with if everyone's going to be accountable and give effort, the first year I implemented this hellacious, you know, week of conditioning, where it's mm-hmm. two to six every day. Oh boy. <laughs> and they're like running up the most ridiculous hill on the planet. And then after they run up this ridiculous hill, we're going to go run a mile and a half. And then we're going to go, you know, run some more on the field. And then we're going to practice and we're going to see if you guys actually still want to do this. And the problem becomes then you're cutting out a bunch of kids. So now I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I need 35. But I'm scaring off a bunch of kids with what I'm doing, right? Yeah. yeah. But it was more important for me to start with my, I think the first year I ended up with like 22. It's more important that these 22 guys are here and committed to everything we're doing. So then kids will realize, hey, we can still do well. We can play well. We just got to buy into what we're doing at the start. Um, and so philosophically, that's what I was going for, right? I'm going to be as caring and loving as possible, but there's going to be the accountability to it, Right. And everyone's going to be accountable to everyone else. And we talk about holding the rope, right? And that if I hold the rope when I'm climbing a mountain and the guy above me lets go, now we're all dead, right? 
So yeah. we're all going to hold the rope together. And it's going to hurt. My hand's going to get tore up. And I do this long thing where some guy pulls a rope and tears my hand up. And then for a couple of days, I can't like move my fingers. But you right. actually do this? Yeah. We don't like hang off something, but I have a kid hold one side of the rope and I hold the end. And I say, pull on as hard as you can. And I don't let it go. And it like, and then rips you my hands. hands up. And I go, look, guys, I'm willing to stand here and do this whole thing, right, to prove a point. That is, if we don't let go, it's going to hurt. But at the end of it, we're all going to be accountable to each other, right? And so philosophically, I think that's what we did. And then scheme-wise, because we talk about football, right? Okay. When I got there, I was like, okay, everyone's running, you know, it's a spread world, right? Yeah. So everyone's running the spread, yada, yada, yada. On defense, we need to run, you know, four two five to deal with it. Or when I became defense coordinator, three three five to get more athletes on the field. Um, and we don't have a lot of big guys. So you want to get less big guys in there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on offense, it's like, how fast can we go, Right. If I'm going to run you guys for a week hard and then we're going to run every day before practice, we're going to be in the best shape. So we might as well just gas people out, right? And so last year, the first game of the season, we played St. Mary's where all three of us went to high school. Yeah. Right? And, you know, <laughs> they're, I think at one point they're beating us 21 to 7 or something like yeah, that. They were. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, we go into halftime at you know, maybe 21 to 14 or 21 to 7 still. Mm-hmm. And, Casey comes in and goes, guys are tired. Like, look at them over there. They're like heaving and huffing and puffing. And we come out and rattle off like 35 points in a row without them scoring. Right? Yeah. In the third mm-hmm. quarter. I mean, we just came out and we didn't slow down at all. Like, oh, let's just go. We're yeah. going to run the same three plays over and over and over again as fast as we can. And we're in better shape because it's the first game of the year. We're in the best shape we're going to be in. Let's rattle them off and beat them. And I mm-hmm. think schematically that's what we're trying to do. Right? You want to get some options in there and get the athletes in space and that kind of thing. But really it's like, we're going to work harder than you, so we're going to go to high tempo to beat you. And then on defense, we're going to just make sure we're sound and fundamental. I like it. It's a game of four quarters. Oh, uh, <laughs> and is. if you can be better four is. quarters, and you win, right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, so we've talked about getting the players on board. How has it been? Because at high school, you inherit a lot of the coaches. They've, they've been The assistant coaches have usually been there for like years and years and years. They've been there through multiple head coaches, and now all of a sudden you're just another head coach in line. How do you start to interact with those guys and get them to buy in? Because a lot of that stuff can trickle down to the players. If the coaches don't believe, the players are going to pick up on that and they're not going to believe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's huge, right? So so getting Casey in there, getting you in there was huge, right? Because me and that. you could have conversations outside of it and be connected yeah. and understand what we're doing. But that first year, it was like I had a guy that was, you know, older older gentleman and he was all gung-ho about it. Oh, you bring this energy and he was getting excited and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's an older guy, so he's, there's some things he's still stuck in that we have to work him out. But it just took a couple conversations and, and he's he's great helping. He's willing to take lesser roles to do things, right, and get all this stuff together. Um, and then there's a guy that was there with the last head coach, Coach Pop Warner with him, mm-hmm. coach at the high school with him. Um and he's actually, you know, as, as much as he has his little quirks and all these things, been super helpful to me because he's from the community. He knows the community. He knows all these kids. He tries to get them out to play. Reminds me of certain things to do. Helps mm-hmm. me do some stuff. And there's we're still working with him. Hey, man, make sure we don't talk to kids this way or this way or make sure we're always talking positively, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all being personable with each other. Hey, For sure. I'm not going to be the head coach that says, I need you to do this, this, and this, right? I'm going to be the guy that says, hey, this is how we want to do it. This is how we're going to go about doing it. Let's have a conversation and see how we can get there effectively um, because, you know, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, you're a coach. I'm not going to tell you how to coach. I'm just going to say, look, this is what we want to do. 
let's get it done certain ways, right? Mm. Um, but most of the guys I inherited are great. I, you know, I've picked up a few along the way. I had to get rid of a couple other ones. Um, and, you know, trying to get more young guys to come coach because it's not like a glamour thing anymore, right? Yeah. Coaching high school is a slog. Yeah. And you're not going to make it to the NFL, right? Guys think, oh, go coach high school in California and I'll make it to the NFL or go coach in college. Like, mm-hmm. it's not usually how it happens. And so getting young guys that, you know, just out of college to come coach, it's difficult. Uh, we, we got lucky with a couple that I'm still trying to get there every day rather than two, three days a week. Yeah. Um, but guys that want to buy, it's the same thing. Guys that want to buy it and get on the bus, they're all about it. And guys that don't, we got to move on to the next guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and establishing that trust and, and, you know, allowing them to grow into their own coach, um, being able to delegate effectively based on people's strengths that seems like something you're good at. So that's, I would say, a crucial part of being a coach. Um, if you try to micromanage everybody, it's just going to be... <laughs> Me against the world, man. Yeah. I don't need that. And also, I mean, you're a coach, right? So if I'm a good coach, I should be able to coach coaches how to coach. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that's a lot of words. But if I'm good at it, right, it should be easy. right? Wait, I, so, should be able to, I should be able to bring you out, Cyrus. I should be able to bring you out to practice and go, this is what we're going to run. You have this one position group. How are you going to do it? And you're going to say, oh, this, this, and this. And I'm going to say, what if we did it this way? What if we got this to work? Right? Yeah. And I should be able to watch you do it and then go, okay, well, maybe we should work on this. Right? Yeah. And if you want to be better, we're going to have a conversation. You're going to listen or we're going to have a, a, a heated debate about how we do things. <laughs> a spirited debate. Yeah. Whatever you want <laughs> yeah. to put, right? Um, yeah. Same way like a, a corporation that has a good training program could bring in somebody and and we maybe they have minimal experience but you can kind of groom them and mold them into that situation um yeah i totally agree with that let's talk about something else so what's what at this point has been sort of the biggest challenge you've encountered as a head coach or what do you foresee potentially being a challenge uh moving forward well you know i could you could go with individual kids and those types of things um and not to get on my soapbox, but mm-hmm. you know everyone knows that the game of football is under this weird attack, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're in an affluent area, uh, parents are less likely that their kids play because they're you know they have the ability to sit and read and learn stuff and do those types of things. They're not have to work all the time. They don't have to worry about all the other things that life has because they have the luxury of having some money, right? Um, and so. <clears throat> The difficulty is getting enough kids that want to play, right? Yeah. And making the parents feel comfortable with letting their son or daughter come play with you, right? And allow you some some autonomy over how they're then molded as a human and if they're safe and those types of things. And so the constant struggle, um, and maybe, you know, for in the area I am, is getting kids that, one, want to be accountable and work hard and do these types of things, mm-hmm. Right without having someone to bail them out all the time. And two, having the parents that are like, yes, I understand it might be dangerous, but it's just as dangerous as riding a skateboard or something of that nature, right? Um, And it seems like the coaches are doing the best job they can to ensure the protection of all the players, right? And so that battle you're up against, especially in counties where soccer and basketball, where they can play year-round, and they think it's important they play year-round, they think they're the next Messi or the next LeBron, and I'm going, yeah, <laughs> you're six, six foot maybe, right? You're not. Um, you know, it's getting those kids to realize, like, it's cool to play football. The parents just think it's okay to play football um, and to just get that support, right? Because the community loves to support 
the individuals playing, but they don't always want their kid playing, right? right? Yeah. Which is the biggest, biggest battle that I face, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's the biggest battle that the sport faces as well. Just an existential concern uh, over the risks involved with football. Um, and that's, I got to imagine, even tougher at the high school level because college is, you know, there's a, a payoff, right? Right. You get an education in return, as well as now in California, maybe some money for your, <laughs> some your, your player likeness. Um, and then at the NFL, obviously, you're getting paid in a salary. So in high school, um, that's probably the hardest level, I think, to overcome that. Because the, the opportunity cost is just the parents saying no. And then there's no... Like it's the the return is really just growing into a better person, right? Right. And it's hard to to make that something tangible to a parent sometimes when all their priority is is just minimizing any risk at all for their kid. So right. I don't envy that. That's a tough challenge. And you know the biggest the biggest coaching thing that I always you know you always hear or that I've heard a bunch is you don't see how much you affected a kid till ten years later. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in ten years, are they a better person? Are they a better husband or wife? Are they a better father? Are they better at whatever they're doing because of what you did? Then you succeeded, right? And so it is like it's really difficult to see it as a tangible thing. Yeah. And it's also sometimes very difficult for people to separate. Like, oh, did they learn it from when they were at work? Did they learn yeah. it from when they're at school? They weren't one of the parents. They learned from football. Yeah. Like, where did they learn those skills? Um, and so it does get very difficult. But I also say, you know, you think when we played, like. Love the coaches we had, right? Yeah, especially the JV. You know, you know, I hey, no good names. times. <laughs> but sure. uh, but uh, they, I mean, they were like, "Yeah, just stick your head in his fucking chest," right? And I'm yeah. like, I would never teach a kid today, like, "Oh yeah, don't worry yeah. about anything else. Just ram your head in this kid's <laughs> chest." Like, it's my my brain's in my head, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what? But as a kid, you're like, "Oh, just do what coach says," right? Let me just yeah. do it. Yeah. I want to play. Let me do what coach says, right? And it works because other kids are trying to protect themselves, and I'm six two. And mm. 280 pounds or whatever, of course I'm. it's working when I just launch myself into some kid, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I think but you did it to me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that story. I told the kids the story of the time that you know, before I really knew you, and we're at football practice and I was choking you out. I was standing there choking yeah. you out with your pads. And you're like, dude, stop, stop it, stop it. I and I'm like, that. I can't, I can't. He hasn't told me to stop yet. I can't do it, right? And then I put you down and you're like having a hard time breathing. I'm like, man. I fucking hurt that kid. I don't feel very good, right? Yeah. Okay. That was the first day I came out too, and I was because the coach uh, had said like, "Yeah, just come out, see if you like it." Right. And I was like, "All right, that sounds fine." And then first rep, I don't even remember what the drill would be called, but we were just—it was like a blocking drill. Yeah, we we're and getting it, fit on each yeah, other, right? And I'm, you know, five six on a good day, <laughs> and Matt's like six three, and. Yeah. That's the first person I'm going up against. It just lifts me by my pads. And I'm like, Jesus, dude. Like, what did I get myself into? Right. And so it goes back to like, they weren't like, te- they were great. And I learned a lot from them. And I still see some of those coaches sometimes. And I love them. Um, but they weren't, like, I don't think that they were as worried about our health and safety as no. they probably should have been. Right. Like, they should have never matched my large self as a teenager yeah. up against yourself as a teenager. Right. Yeah. Not that you were inherently worse or unathletic. But like the size differential as a 14-year-old where none of us really know what's going on anyways sure. mm. is just a recipe for someone to get hurt. Yeah. Like if I, not to toot my horn, but if I didn't actually care about other people, like if I was psychotic, yeah. I could have actually hurt you, right? Yeah. Like very easily because they, they didn't think about like, oh, 
look at the difference between these two humans. <laughs> well, right? and the, like, we're line about, up and let's go for sure. And they didn't really give us much direction. They didn't <laughs> no. tell us what to do. But we're talking about. I mean, you. You know, I think you were fast tracked to varsity. You had potential college opportunities before a very unfortunate injury, right? So I clearly was just like exploring it. I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't really want to play. Right. You know? And then I was I stopped after JV. So I was like definitely not on the same caliber of football player. So I don't understand what they were thinking in terms of putting us up in, in, against each other. But yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for me was the lack of direction. So I think uh, maybe it was a good takeaway just in general from both of our experiences, mainly for you, since now you're in charge of directing the situations we were in, right? right. Uh, so you learned from that experience and you re- you know what not to do. You know right. what I mean? So maybe blessing in disguise. All these kids should... <laughs> you're welcome that that I got choked out by yeah. your coach. You know? It's all on Cyrus. He's yeah, the one that made I, sure that I, I knew what was going on. I will take all the credit on that one. Um, let's, uh, let's transition from good memories into... <laughs> Actually, this is a good transition. What are some of your favorite moments so far um, as a head coach or memories or whatever you want to? So I think, you know, uh, the first thing we were just talking about the other day, the first thing that comes to mind is we had a kid come out and play last year that from a tough background, right? And and mm-hmm. I would say kids were actually frightened by him. I mean, tattoos down his arm, right? You know, the whole thing. And I love, I mean, he's probably my favorite kid, probably my favorite kid. I saw him the other morning. He came and played basketball with us in the morning. All the teachers played basketball Friday morning. I mean, just a dope kid, right? Had some really tough difficulties. And he comes out to play in the middle of the season, right? Super mm-hmm. athletic kid, right? <laughs> and I just remember, like, okay, go play receiver. And, like, it was not, Casey was not having it. And he's like, dude, there's no way. And I'm like, all right, what else can we do? Okay, let's go play corner. And the fucking corners coach is like, I can't, what do you want me to teach him, right? And I go, I don't know. Like, just let him fucking play man-to-man defense. And he's, like, dragging people down and holding people. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to fly. And so I'm like, okay, go play defensive line, right? Like, you can play end. We'll figure it out, right? Like, you just can go line up and run at people, right? And yeah. figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he gets in against, you know, we're playing Sam Moran. I think it was Sam Moran. It was Sam Playing Sam Moran. And they're, like, marching down the field. It's the fourth quarter. It's a close game. And it's, like, the first time he's been in, like, a serious situation, right? And I'm yeah. like, oh, we need some guy to just have some speed off the edge. He lines up, like, legitimately 10 yards away from the tackle. Like, he is in the, he looks like he's playing outside linebacker on the line of scrimmage. There's, mm-hmm. They could have ran right where he should have been and probably would have scored, yeah. right? And they don't. And they're going to go, like, roll out the other way and pass it. And this kid just darts in and tackles this quarterback. And everyone goes just crazy, right? Because it's, it's like he has a yeah. sack in a super important game, never played before, no clue what's going on. And then gets up, and he's excited, and he's just yeah. ready to line up again. And everyone's, like, stoked. And I'm like, nice. dude, you were in the wrong place. You did probably none of the things we taught you and somehow still made the tackle. <laughs> made play. Right? And it's like I hope he remembers it for a while, and I assume he will. Um and then the other big one that comes to mind was uh, we went up to Tahoe with all the football kids over the summer, um, and we're going again this year. And it's a week, and they, you know, it's me, so they run a lot, and they know they're going mm-hmm. into it, right? With they wake up too. They wake yeah. up at like four thirty in the morning, and we go run for a couple hours, and they run to camp, and they eat breakfast, and then we practice all day, play sevens all day, do all these things. So we go through the whole week, and we're having a blast. And kids are tired. Like the only time some of these kids have ever like talk back to me or give me attitude and like exhausted we're watching film and they're like falling asleep and i'm like hey, if you're falling asleep you gotta stand up and kids are like standing up and still falling asleep <laughs> i'm like okay, this, maybe this wasn't the most effective 
but they like you know they're learning how to like be mentally tough and get over these things and at the end of the week we go out to the beach in tahoe and we're talking about not football related stuff mm-hmm. and the group of these kids right I break them off into three groups there are about 35 guys up there and the group of these kids are talking about their real life issues right like something that's going on with their mom something's going on with their family their grandpa just died all this stuff and a group of you know 17 18 you know 16 15 year old boys or crying on the beach in Tahoe as they talk about stuff that happens in their real life and how they can like help each other and do all these things. And I was just standing there like shocked, right? That somehow, like I'm not even asking hard questions. I'm just like, oh, what is something that you care about? Or talk to guys about, you know, something yeah. that's going on with you. And they're just like breaking down these like, huge issues and talking to each other. And then afterwards, all these kids are like, oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. I feel like a weight's lifted off of me. This and that. Yeah. Like, can we please come back? And they're like hugging me and crying. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And then I realized later it's probably a mix of them feeling comfortable, them mm-hmm. being literally the most exhausted they've ever been in their entire life, right? Yeah. yeah. And then like them realizing like it's okay to have emotions as a young man and like show them to other young men and everything's yeah. okay. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was the most amazing thing. I thought I was going to cry. I didn't, but I thought I wasn't going to. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And it sounds like it probably brought the team together too. A lot closer after that experience. Yeah, I mean, I think that added to our ability to have success this year. There's times where, you know, um, we're in a difficult situation. They go, remember this, remember being in Tahoe. They didn't have to go through all that, this and that other thing. Yeah. There's a play we ran to beat Sam Marin at the end of the game with eight seconds yep. left on second down because Coach Sully, Casey over here is the fucking genius. Is that the Philly right? special? Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah, practiced it. it maybe 10 times in Tahoe and like twice in actual practice. Yeah. And then we're down by what it was a four points or whatever it was. It was, yeah, it was fourteen to twenty. I think. <laughs> and we were down, and down six. I call a timeout when I don't need to call a timeout. He did. I was angry about it. Casey's <laughs> yelling at me. He goes, "You didn't need to call a timeout, man. We're on the. We're they're they're tired. We're on the eight yard line or whatever it is. You didn't need to call a timeout. This and he's yelling at me. And I go, "It's okay, man. Let's just get them together." And then he calls a running play, and there's, you know, whatever, seven seconds. The power goes out, right? So now we're like, what the call timeout power goes out. Clock's not on. I'm like, huh. what is going on? Yeah, this is when there are those fires. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Up there. So the power cuts out. They have a generator at the school. They turn it back on. Seven seconds on the clock, and they're, like, in timeout. And I'm, like, asking the ref, like, what's going on? He's telling me, and Casey's over there talking to the offense. And all of a sudden, we both come back to the sideline as they're hustling out. I go, what are we doing? He goes, you remember that play in Tahoe? I go, uh-huh. He goes, that's what we're doing. I go, oh, shit. <laughs> right? And I was like, I was, I was all with it. I was 100. I was a little worried, but at the same time, I was like, hey, if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we call another timeout. We go for it again. But yep. perfect play call on him, second down. Like, who's expecting that on a second down with eight seconds left, right? We could have mm-hmm. ran the ball again, called <clears> a timeout. Right? No one's expecting it. And we score that touchdown. And, I mean, I had to like hold kids from going on the field, right? Because you get a penalty, yeah. kids going on the field, and I'm like, get them, get back here, get back here, get back here. Everyone's trying to bum rush because I'm like, there's still four seconds left, yeah. right? Like it's not yeah. over, yeah. right? Um, and so it's just that was a great, you know, the Tahoe thing. That whole experience was great, but then just seeing how it played out during the season, culminating in that, right? As mm. much as we had more games after that, like culminating factor of what happened. First time we beat Sam Marin in 15 years or something like that. Wow! So it's a huge. I mean, it's huge. So I think it did. I mean, other than making people together and close and all that kind of stuff, played paid dividends football wise too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All sort of came together. My heart was beating pretty hard. <laughs> after I that imagine. Play call. I was like, I don't know. Maybe this is like if he 
throws an interception and it goes the other way, that's like the dumbest play call to ever call ever. Even though it feels like so big in the high school. I'm like, nobody right. really cares that much outside of the people that are on the sideline with you and maybe the parents and, you know, a couple interested neighbors or something like that. But it feels like the biggest moment in the world when you're, you know, trying to beat a team and you're down on the five yard line against a team that you haven't beaten in 15 years and you call a special trick play. And on second down, I still yeah. was blown away by that. And no one recognizes that for a long time. But I guess yeah. second down, man. It's not like it's fourth down and you need some fancy thing, right? Yeah. Like it is the most opportune time to call because they have no, they don't, they weren't they're not expecting, expecting it, yeah. that to happen, right? Um, yeah, I remember I, walking out i had to go i had to go vacate my house right i live up in sebastopol and the fires are so close like taylor calls me and she's mm-hmm. like you need to we need to go get all our stuff out of the house maybe at my parents house so i'm like <laughs> talking on the phone and i'm like we just won this amazing game and she's like that's great you need to go get all the stuff out of the house and i'm like oh shit right i gotta go yeah down. i'm walking in the parking lot and Casey's sitting in his car with his door open, and you just he's like breathing heavy. And I'm like, is everything okay? Well, that, that day was so hot, too. Like, I was drenched in sweat. That was a really hot day. Yeah. And I think a really cool moment, we're, we're the red-tailed hawks, and we were down, what was it? It was like 18 it was tw- to no, 7 was, or something was, at yeah, halftime. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, and it was hot. We were getting beat. And, like, right at the end of halftime, a red-tailed hawk, came and landed like on the uh our bleachers our side of the field's bleachers and everyone looked up and they're like that's a fucking red-tailed hawk like that's a sign and then we started to put stuff together and had a couple of drives and then ended in that fashion which i thought was like a cool is this like uh, a sports movie (laughs) it kind of feels it felt like it remember the red hawk yeah (laughs) Uh, it felt like it because there was also i mean there's other kids right like kids that are playing in that game right like and not to name drop but like josh kushner Mm -hmm. that like all years catching like one or two passes a game and in that game yeah. catches like seven little hooks and yeah they only go for like eight yards or whatever mm-hmm. and then catches like a 20 yard it's like fourth and 15 catches like yeah. a 20 yard strike in the middle of the field right to save the drive at the end of the game yeah. right and like just got up like nothing had happened like it was like normal it was like routine thing for him to do and i'm like mm-hmm. dude like <laughs> <laughs> I love you and you're awesome, but you haven't caught anything like that serious all year and you just kinda get up and keep moving. Like the no man had deal. a job to do. He did his <laughs> job. You know? I was like, that's, really that's the most amazing thing. It was, a, it was a great, great moment. I mean, I'll remember it forever. And, you know, we had a great to set up the drive, we had a great stop on the five yard yeah, line and buy yeah. a freaking sophomore, right? It makes mm-hmm. a great tackle in the open field. Like not the most athletic guy. I mean, probably built your size. He's like five four maybe playing linebacker for the first time in a varsity game and like comes up and makes this clutch stop on yeah. fourth and one when they could have just kicked a field goal and we would have been screwed, right? Yeah. Um, so that was, I mean, culminating to other thing, but just, a, I mean, a great moment. And I told Casey after the game, I go, I hope we never have to play any of those again. As, much, as fun <laughs> as it was, like it was just the most stress-inducing event of my life. Yeah. And I think people don't know, but Coach Lamont here, uh, he started as the offensive coordinator when he was at TAM. And then, uh, sign of a good head coach, he put himself in a position to be the defensive coordinator to allow me to grow as a coach and be the offensive coordinator and call plays and get that experience to help build my resume and also strengthen the team um, because he shifted people around on the coaching staff to make sure they were doing their job perfectly and it didn't matter he was unselfish and he just took what he needed to do to make the program better but that gives him a super unique i don't know how many head coaches have been both 
a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator and have that perspective. Uh, and then his defense showed up big in that game, and then our offense showed up big in that game too. It took took both sides. Um, so I think that's a super super cool thing, and not, not a lot of head coaches are willing to do that because there's a lot of egos in the coaching world. I almost um, have to finish the carousel though. I hope Rip doesn't retire, so I don't have to be special teams oh, there coordinator. You go, yeah. But like, <laughs> if he does, then I'm gonna have to do it again, and it's gonna be special teams like i know it's a third of the game but like not really a fan <laughs> altogether like i don't want to teach kids how to kick or yeah hey I, I can't catch you kick a ball 20 feet in the air i'm not catching it how am i gonna teach another kid to catch it i have no clue what it is. i'd stand there and stare at it and catch it like this <laughs> it was like the most confusing punt return ever um yeah it's just i mean it was it was awesome just thinking about it again i'm like oh it was dope it's a dope game. It was a cool game. It was a cool game. How would you describe your your coaching style? Do you think overall? It's always hard to like remove yourself from yourself, for lack of a better way to put it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to transcend me and think about how I coach. Um, but I think you know, uh, I, I'm a I, I I <laughs> pretend to be a hard ass, right? Like really hard and kids like I, I guess are kind of frightened by me kind of but I'm like not even close like mm-hmm. you know yeah. before every game I'm like guys no matter what happens like I love you I'm proud of you and then in the middle of the game I'm like motherfucker, what are you doing right? and kids are like what you thought you thought you loved me like, it's okay it's not you know like it's all so yeah. you know there's there's it's almost like a, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde scenario right where like I know um I can get really excited and really competitive. Mm-hmm. And so then I kind of like explode um, and I'm trying to get better at it. Right. Cause like, it's not good for kids to have someone just like lose it on them. Mm-hmm. And I have, I was, I was a little better this year. Um, I'm slowly trying to get better at it. And you know, I had a uh, basketball coach tell me once, right? Like you lose a tough game. It's way smarter to just go in there and love up on all the kids rather than like lose yeah. your mind on him right yeah and so i try to take that into all the stuff i do now right like kid screws up he doesn't mean to screw up mostly yeah. it's my fault right like if he screwed up it's mostly my fault there's still a little bit his fault but mostly <laughs> it's my fault right sure and so in me exploding on him like really i'm just saying like oh matt yeah. you're a fucking idiot like you should have taught him better and i don't i gotta like learn how to think about that before i go yell at a kid so yeah. this year i was a little better i was like hey man you remember we're supposed to stay outside we're supposed to stay outside but then by the 12th time i'm like dude what the fuck Hold you stay outside, right? Like, I couldn't tell you any other way. Boy, I saw this. I go, I don't care what you saw. Stay outside, right? So, um, I don't know if that answers the coaching style question. Yeah, I'm, does. I'm, I'm evolving, right? I'm evolving as a coach. Sure. Trying to get more into the, right? Let's be loving and amicable and let me teach the best I can. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're competitive. So, sometimes you get a little riled sure. up and I got to get better at it. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a black and white uniformed person that you get a little bit riled up <laughs> about in general. Talking about exploding. <laughs> yeah. How has your experiences been with like referees and things along those lines? Uh, my first year um, coaching, well, I got to take it back. Um, okay. I was coaching at Hercules and this is in, in, I mean, perennially the refs, you know, did the best they could. This and yeah. thing, but I watched other coaches just lose their mind mm-hmm. on refs, right? And I never like equated like, oh, if I lose my mind, then I'm gonna get less calls, right? I'm always like, if I lose my mind, then they'll look at the thing that I'm losing my mind about, right? 
Yeah. And they'll understand that that's going on every play. Yeah. And it never worked that way. And then there's some game, and the ref comes over and starts yelling at the head coach, or he's like pointing his finger at him. Yeah. And then <laughs> it's like not a good look, right? Like yeah. the head coach is pissed off. He's like, come over here and point at me, this and that. Um, and so the first year at Tam, I mean, I was, I was bad. I apologize to all the refs in existence. <laughs> I was horrendous, right? Like I would just, I mean, it was. You ever seen the movie Kicking and Screaming? Yep. With Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell, right? Coaching the soccer team. Yeah, coaching soccer Little team. Little kids soccer team, right? Yeah. Just think of that, like ninety percent of the time. <laughs> like I was like, fuck, I was pissed. I'm like throwing Gatorade cups in the trash can super hard, and like over there stomping around, right? Mm. Um, <clears throat> and they're just doing the best job they can. And so then you know. <laughs> Casey comes over and coaches with me, and I think the first time he's like, "Dude, like you want them on your team, you can't yell at them, right? Like you want them to like make the best call. They're trying to do the best thing they can. You're like, well, you're just yelling at them to yell at them now, right? Um, and so I've been getting better at it, but I still like there's moments where like I am, I'm horrendous. <laughs> like I am. He not, has gotten a lot better. I have gotten a lot better. Yeah, like this year I think I was better, but there's still moments this year where I'm just. I mean, I was. I was so out of line. And like the, th- the problem with me is I start off pretty good this year. I was starting off pretty yeah, good. I was like having conversations with yeah. them and joking and doing all these things. And if they were receptive to my like funny little jokes or like my conversations, then like generally it kept going that way mm-hmm. until like the fourth quarter and then I'd get upset or whatever <laughs> case may be. Yeah. But generally it kept going that way. But if at the start of the game they weren't receptive to my jokes, then they were like I was like ten times more likely to just like lose it on one of them. Right. Yeah. And so I had to I had to tell Casey, like, hey, man, if you see me getting upset, remind me. I told the uh, defensive line coaches in the booth, I was like, if you hear me start, like, saying stuff about the refs, you got to, like, tell me something. He's like, I'll just say horse feathers. I'll just keep saying horse feathers. And so he'd say that, and I'd be like, okay, okay. It's really annoying that you're saying that, but I totally understand like where a you're coming word, from. Like a safe word, sort of? Like <laughs> yeah, like it was. It was like to calm me down, right? Like, you don't need to yell at them at all, right? Like, like it's okay. <laughs> no. I'm like, and I was, I mean, it's, you know, and they're they're doing the best they can. You know, there's, yeah. I, I have to say, you know, and I, I'm, it's, it's still hard. I'm still getting over it, right? It's like recovering from an addiction. Yeah. Still getting over <laughs> it. Um, there are some times in which the refs really are just horrendous, though. They are. And sure. I'm like, what? And every time, he goes, you're not going to get a call if you yell at him. But I will say, we're at playing Marine Catholic, and some guy just cleans out our kid, right? Like, mm-hmm. guy catches the ball, and this other guy just cleans his kid out. No clue what's coming. Sure. And I look at the ref, and I go, really? You're just going to let that happen? And then he sat and stared at it for a second and then threw the flag. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> yeah. sometimes it works, right? Yeah. I think you, you pick and choose your battles, right? If yeah. you're just constantly yelling at them, they're never going to take anything you yell at them about seriously. They're just going to be like, this is the guy that just yells at us. <laughs> like, yeah. we're just going to tune him out. Right. But then, obviously, you know, if your kid gets laid out and there's no call or helmet to helmet or some, something, you know, you got to, the your team, your kids will probably respect that too. You're going to be battling for your kid. Like, same way, like, Steve Kerr okay. gets a tech for the Warriors if, if some shit happens and the refs don't do anything about it, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know, gets people fired up a little bit. But yeah, if you're just constantly yelling, then it has no, there's nothing special about it when when you actually do it. Right. Yeah. So. And and I, you know, and this year I was, I think I was really good at like halftime, like as they're trying to like run into the thing, I'd go over and talk to them. Hey, man, my bad. I didn't mean to yell at you about that one thing, but can you just watch this? Right. And they come out and generally do a pretty good job. Sometimes they come out and do a terrible job and I go back to yelling at them. But like <laughs> sure. most of the time, right, it, it's, it is, right? If I can just be re- relational with you and amicable and we can have this conversation, then you're better at yeah. dealing yeah. with the situation. I mean, the ref situation is, even through all levels of football, is difficult or shaky at, at best. Sure. Um, and 
there's not a ton of young refs like coming in that want to like because no one wants to like go to a high school football game to start their refing career and just get fucking yelled at <laughs> by a coach for three hours. You know what I mean? Like they're there trying to learn. They're not getting a lot of money, but they're taking time out on their Saturday or Friday night. And uh, most of the time, I think most coaches, they've grown up watching it. They've seen other coaches yell at refs. That's just how you interact with, with the refs, you know? And I, I don't know that that's the most healthy thing for creating better refs in general uh and realizing that like they're just people like they're doing it because they want to be there and they're doing the best they're not like oh i'm purposefully i think well some of them might (laughs) there's a couple of them some of them might but i think by and large they're just calling things like how they see them and doing the best they can you know what i mean yeah and if they are calling something against your team it's probably not because of the kids it's probably because the coach has been an asshole for three years now yelling at them on the sideline every time they oh i have another you know game at xyz school this coach is gonna just fucking rip into me i might as well like call against them anyways because they're gonna yell at me regardless um but you know i don't i don't know how you fix that because like the same mistakes that are made at high school are made at college they're made in the nfl and nfl is like replaying colleges replay and all that kind of stuff and it's like i don't know how you fix it like yeah. I, I don't know either. And, you know, I'll tell you the North Bay Officials Organization, right, the one that we go through, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they're doing the best job they can. If anything happens, you can send them tape and they come yeah. through. And a couple of, you know, one of the guy in particular, and I'm not going to use his name or anything like that, he missed a pretty big call on a game we had and one of our kids got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was talking to him afterwards and I wasn't yelling at him. I was just like, hey, man, you, I mean, this is on you, right? Like, you missed this and this was happening all game, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. We had a conversation about it and he was, adamantly disagreeing with me no no no, this and that and the other thing and later you know he asked for the film and watched it and then sent me an email and apologized like yeah it was my bad i should have been better and like those are the types of things that like coaches and refs can all get better as like understanding as you said everyone has an ego like understanding my ego is not part of it right i'm just trying to make this game better um and the north bay officials organization as most organizations in california like shortage of refs right yeah You're supposed to have five refs at a high school game and most of the time we have four yeah right there's occasions yeah. where we have three mm-hmm. right and when there's three refs things get really difficult to see yeah right because you there's one guy that's got to pay attention to what's going on with the quarterback another guy's paying attention to you know the offensive line stuff that's going on so nothing funny happens another yeah. guy has to spot the ball so of course they're not seeing the you know the hands on the receiver over here right like they can't how could they ever right yeah, yeah. um and so you know I mean, they have a more, more difficult job than i do Right? <laughs> Significantly. Oh. And then they have to walk past all the fans as they're leaving. <laughs> right, that's probably not fun yeah. at all. Yeah. Right? But they get free Gatorade on the sideline and stuff. So And oh, in the support. team room. And team, the team room. room. I make yeah. sure that thing's stocked every time they come <laughs> so in. So it's all worth it. <laughs> yeah, uh, all the perks. Let's, uh, weird $25 for the game. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on to another question. Um, other than the refs, what's the most difficult thing you've encountered so far in your experience as a head coach? Um. Tough one, huh? Yeah, I mean, because it's like like the, getting kids to play, that's difficult. Yeah. Right? The refs are difficult. But as your responsibilities, I'd say, like, what has been the most difficult for you as a head coach? Oh, uh, I mean, you, I don't think people realize it, right? Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> NFL might be different. College is a little closer to what we deal with. But as a high school head coach, you're responsible for way more than you think you are. Like, I have to make sure we have fundraising available. I have to plan when all the, you know – when we have a if we have a trip in the summer, if we have practice, I got to make sure the field's available, right? 
I got to make sure everyone has their physicals in. I got to check all the paperwork. I got to make sure everyone's eligible. I got to double check this and that. And the other thing, make sure kids were at school all day on Friday, right? And then yeah. when I'm at school and I'm supposed to be teaching and I, you know, teach my class and I have my two prep periods or whatever to like work on lesson plans or do this, I got to walk around and make sure kids are in class or doing the right thing or not doing yeah. something dumb. Um, and then there's, you know, the couple kids that have other issues that I have to deal with. Oh, they didn't get any food today. So how are we going to get them food? Or they don't have a place to study. So can we like cut them out of the first half practice then go study somewhere? Right. And the thing is, I'm at a, a high functioning, high achieving, you know, mostly uh, affluent white school. Right. Sure. So a lot of the issues that I have are like significantly less than some of these other guys have. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm also really lucky I have a great athletic director and a great principal, right? <laughs> and they do a lot for me. Like the athletic director checks everything. Of course, I have to double check it because there's more kids that show up and these types of things. Yeah. And the principal, like literally the other day, was like, hey, man, you should, you're cementing the community. You should ask me for money to redo the locker room, right? Like things like this. And he's just like willing to help me out with and, and you know, talk to me about stuff. Um, and being a young coach, it's, all that stuff is super helpful, sure. right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of people don't realize. And of course, at bigger schools, it's different. At bigger schools, you have like these booster clubs that are just for football that plan all these things and do all this fundraising. For us, you know, smaller school, not traditional football school, right? <clears throat> it all, I mean, it's me, right? Like, I got to plan yeah. all these things. Yep. I'm like trying to plan fundraisers right now, trying to find games, right? Those types of things, trying to make sure everyone knows what practice is. Um, so there's just there's just a lot, a lot you have to do. And uh, I was listening to a guy speak a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, mm. you know, we when we interview coaches, if they aren't, like if they're hot and cold on us, and they might be like the greatest offensive coach or whatever the case may be, if they're hot and cold on us, we don't want them because you got to be like all in, right? Yeah. So like as much as it's killing me slowly, like getting there at 530 in the morning to open the weight room, not just for football kids, but for any athlete that wants it, right. Yeah. Is mm -hmm. something that's helpful to all athletics. And I want to make sure all the athletics do well. Right. Cause it makes my AD's job better and easier. It makes a school look better. It makes a principal happier. Right. Those types of things, because they're helping yeah. me. I want to help them. Right. Yeah. And I want to help the community and the school, um, you know, setting up volunteer opportunities because we want to give back as much as we can. Just stuff like that, that I don't think people realize goes into being a head football coach and at or attempting to be a good one right yeah because i, I could show up and be like i'm just gonna coach football sure i'm gonna go teach yeah. and then i'm gonna show up at the field and if you don't have grades whatever i'll run the 16 guys right or i can show up and go hey i really care about this kid that has a tough home life and doesn't get time to work on stuff or doesn't understand things let's go help him get all this stuff done right yeah or i want to there's this really high functioning affluent kid that has no experience outside of being a high-functioning, affluent kid in Mo Valley. Let's take him down and do some volunteer work over here so he understands more about what's going on. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's the most difficult thing is doing that and then also trying to, like, have an actual life. <laughs> an actual life. And also on top of all that, game planning and, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything that goes into actually being a, a coach. Right. Um, and I th and you know to just to add that like it's great to have someone I trust like I trust Coach Soli I trust Casey and so when he's like hey we're gonna do this on offense most of the time I'm like great it sounds awesome <laughs> sometimes I'm like hey man you need to run the ball more right yeah. which we can get into that whole thing right sometimes I'm like dude we ran it twelve times and you need to run it like twenty times right um, but generally I'm like all about it my you know my special teams coach I literally just let him do the thing right. Um, and some of my other coaches, I'm like, I'm not going to come over. Like we talked about, I'm not going to come over and micromanage you. I got to trust you to do your job. Otherwise, 
I'm going to be everywhere and I don't have time for all yeah. that. Right. Yeah. So let me just game plan out. Let me make sure, make sure I get film from guys. Let me sure I make sure we can film our games effectively mm-hmm. and do my one eleventh, as we say, kids, I'm going to do my one eleventh and hope that my other guys do theirs. And then we'll, yeah. I got to trust them to do it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I have a final question and I'm going to direct it at both of you oh. actually. Oh, wow. Feel special. Don't feel so special. It's, <laughs> it's not that, uh, Okay. It's pretty open-ended, but I love it. What do you attribute your success to as a coach so far, and what advice would you give to somebody who is interested in coaching but doesn't necessarily know where to start, or if it's something that they'd be a, they'd be a, a good fit for? Two prong question. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you answer it however you want. Um, but first part, what do you attribute your success to as a coach? I would I would attribute my success uh, first and foremost. Uh, to some of the good coaches I've had in the past, some of the bad coaches I've had in the past. We talked about some of my experience. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it comes from just learning. Um, also, on top of that, you know, my my grandfather played in the NFL for your Eagles, right? Eagles. Um, <laughs> so when I was a kid, it was him, uh, John Ralston that just died, that coached at Stanford for a while, and Mike White mm-hmm. that coached at Stanford and at Cal. Um, they were always at my grandpa's house, right? Because they all played with each other at Cal and this and the other thing. And so when I was four, five, six, like I'm sitting there watching football and I never got to just like watch football. Like I yeah. was, we were like talking about all the intricacies of all this mm-hmm. stuff. And as a six-year-old, I didn't understand it. But then like now when I'm looking at stuff, it like comes back to me randomly and I'm like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Of course, it's super dated, right? Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> they were drinking, so they weren't like the most, <laughs> right? So it's like that, it comes from a lot of that. And then also I think, you know, I, I coached flag football when I was in San Diego and like mm-hmm. dealing with kindergartners, right? Like you have to make everything as simple as possible. Sure. And you have to understand how to teach kids and also have fun. And I think a lot of it comes from that. Um, and just, you know, being a teacher in general, I think it's helped me a lot, right? Like this is all the educational knowledge that I can then apply to when I'm coaching stuff. Like yeah. if we make it as simple as possible and put all the pieces together, it'll work. So I think that's where I attribute, you know, kind of the three areas I attribute most of my success, quote unquote, you guys can't see air quotes, but success <laughs> too. Right? Okay. Uh, I'll direct that to you, Casey, and then we'll circle back with Matt on his, some advice. Sure. Um, I think a lot of it is similar to what Coach Lamont said, Matt. Um, my experiences in high school especially sort of molded me as far as my coaching style, I think, um, because I was a very shy, timid kid that loved football, but I was never like an all-star. I was a stick. I was very skinny, um, so I'd get run over or um, whatever. I, I just couldn't stand up physically to a lot of the other players in high school. And I was constantly worried about getting yelled at, doing the wrong thing, being berated. Um, I was scared at practice. Like I would show up to practice and I would just be like nervous and uncomfortable and scared. But I like love football. Like I love football my entire life. And uh, ultimately I quit my, my senior year of, of high school because we had a yet another new head coach. Uh, and I, I remember for for three years and my experiences with him were even worse like i didn't have we had a different head coach three years in a row and like i never 
fully understood an offensive system, like how to call plays, how to do any of that stuff. And we had like quarterback meetings with this new head coach and he would like belittle me and say like, Oh, you're stupid. Like, how do you not know this X, Y, Z? And eventually I was just like, I don't want to do with that. Like, I don't want to play. Uh, and I never wanted a kid that I coached to have that same feeling. Like, I think the most important thing as a coach is to make sure that the student athlete has a good experience with football because it can teach a ton of good values and important life lessons and stuff like that. But I never want someone to be showing up to practice and worried about getting yelled at or berated or belittled uh, and stealing sort of that passion and love for football that I had. Um, I want it to be enhanced. I want them to have fun at practice and have, have a good time. And uh, so I think that's sort of what I creates my philosophy and that carries over into like caring about the kids and trying to be more intentional about building those connections because as matt said earlier like anyone can learn the x's and o's if you're driven and you want to enough you can go there's thousands of books you can watch youtube you can go to coaching clinics and listen to people talk like there, there are the resources out there to go learn the x's and o's and that's that kind of stuff um, but i think the most important to being a successful coach or a coach that makes an impact on people's lives and gets teams to play together and cohesively you have to care you have to care about the person that you're coaching sure 100 um let's keep it with you and then we'll circle back to matt advice for any newcomers anybody who wants to get into coaching what's the what's the biggest pete one thing that you would tell somebody that might be interested uh you just got to get the experience i think um going back to like my origin story of coaching football uh after college i emailed the the head coach that made me quit and i was like hey i'm looking to coach football like um it's, he's still at my alma mater and i was like i, I want to coach and he was like okay email email me in a month or something i'm figuring out my coaching staff emailed him again in, in a month and was like hey i'm still interested like what's the deal with your coaching staff he's like oh, we're still working it out like email me in a couple months emailed him in a couple months again and eventually that just rolled into the summer and then it was too late to get onto a, a staff and he stopped responding to me so i was like all right fuck you. I'm going to go apply to literally every single school that you're playing next year. And I'm going to try to go be a coach with them. I like it. And so I did, I sent out like 10, 10 emails and two of those guys responded and had two interviews and one coach offered me a job on the spot and it felt right. And then felt comfortable there. And I ended up at Pinole Valley and, um, lost to St. Mary's my first year, uh, <laughs> our, our alma mater, but then, uh, blew him out the next year. And that, that was good. My first year as a head coach, it was our last game of the year. And we blew him out like 42 to 20 or something like that. And that felt very, very satisfying to, to do, even though he, he wasn't the JV head coach, but it was still like, I, I beat the JV team in, in your program. And that felt good. So, nice. uh, but coaches everywhere in high school, especially like they want help. Like, yeah, there's not a ton of coaches out there. And if you're at all interested, even if you can only offer a day a week, they'll take just it. email a head coach and, or the athletic director, or call, call them up and they'll find a spot for you. So, Get the experience wherever you can and be persistent about where you're finding it. Yeah. Matt, I same, mean, same question to you. Same question. You know, go, going back to the same thing, when I got back from, from college and I was here, I uh, I did the same thing, sent out a bunch of emails. I didn't send one to our alma, alma mater because mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to deal with that at all. <laughs> right? I'd rather be nowhere near him. Um, I'd lost 
100 pounds or so from when I was leaving high school or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And the one time I went back there to see him, he asked me if I was trying to be a model in some like mocking sense. And I was like, dude, no. I don't want any All part right. of you. Like if that's <laughs> how our first interaction is since you've seen me is going to go, I don't want this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I was, you know, living in El Sombrani, um with my parents. Right, come back. You don't have a job. You're trying yeah. to figure it out. Um, applying to graduate school to become a teacher and uh, <laughs> sent an email to a couple of different places. Mm-hmm. And I get, you know, went down to Hercules with, with those guys that were just awesome. Um, and they literally, the first day I was there, I showed up. I went to an interview to teach and I was in a suit and suit shoes, right? Like, like fucking <laughs> dress shoes. shoes. Un, <laughs> un, but they're like the pointy toe, like yeah. you're not supposed to be doing stuff in them that's athletic. Mm-hmm. And that day he's like, all right, come out to practice. Let's see what you can do. And I'm out there in a fucking suit. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy wants me out here? And like right out the gate, I was like, all right, well, this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to come out here hot. Mm-hmm. And I came out there, you know, telling kids like, ah, oh, you can do better. Like, let's go, let's go. What are we doing? This, that, and other thing. And it's like two games into the season. Like the season mm-hmm. already started. I yeah. was just like looking for something. Um, he's like, yeah, why don't you come back tomorrow? And I was like, dope. And that was his job offer was, why don't you come back tomorrow? Right? Like, uh-huh. cause I was fingerprinting everything cause I was subbing. So it's easy for me to get in. Right. Yeah. Like, once you have all that done, why don't you come back tomorrow? Uh, I came back and you know, we have study hall beforehand. I go up and tell him, and this I'll tell all guys that want to come coach. I said, Hey, coach G I'll do whatever you need me to do. You want me to go coach JV kids? You want me to just coach offensive line? You want me to make sure all the stuff set up beforehand? You want me to go run them? You want me to open the weight room? Like, whatever you need me to do, I'll do, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to get you in the door a lot of places. And that's what's going to give you the most contact with kids because we talked about it's all about caring for kids, not about X's and O's. Mm -hmm. The most contact you can have with kids is going to give you the the opening, right? And you're going to get better and they're going to trust you and do what you say. Um, And so if anyone wants to coach... You can you can give me a call, send me an email. Right? <laughs> I need coaches, um, and uh, you know what, Casey, I, my other coaches, will teach you anything you want to know. Right? If you come yeah. out and know nothing about football, like I know nothing, right? And we've had a couple, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Doesn't matter. Do you do you care about the school? Do you care about the kids? You know, you're gonna show up. Are you gonna show yep. up? What days can you show up? I have coaches right now. I show up twice a week, right? And it's fine. It makes it difficult on the days they're not there because you can actually tell when they're not there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so if you want, if you're thinking about coaching, if it's even a thought in the world, I do it because the thing is, you don't get locked into anything. Right. It's all like mm-hmm. one year contract based. So if yep. you're like, yeah, I want to do it, you come out and you don't like it one year, then you don't have to do it again. Sure. If it's even a thought in your mind, show up, whether it's football or it's basketball or it's softball, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Right. If you think you want to do it, I do it. Do all the things the head coach asks you to do, and don't try to jump too quick, right? Guys try to like get the next step way too fast. Yeah, Learn as wrong. much as you can with what you're doing. Do as much as you can on that staff. Get involved with that community of kids, and then see what happens afterwards, right? I'm glad I was at Hercules for three years, right? Mm-hmm. I'm glad I got to learn as much as I could from them. I'm glad I got to be with those kids. I still see them when I come down here and go to Target or whatever, and they still remember me, and it's awesome. Um, and it set me up for what I'm doing now. And I think if you want to coach, care about what's going on, do everything you can, show up. Nice. All great advice. Well, that's going to wrap things up here on episode 28 of the Weekly Spiral. Matt, I want to give you a huge thanks. We really appreciate you showing up today and uh, caring just like you do with all your coaching <laughs> efforts. We, we're really happy to have you. 
Um, please check us out, weeklyspiral.com. You can see the latest blog posts. Uh, you can find all our social channels. You can check us out on Instagram at Weekly Spiral, on Twitter at Weekly underscore Spiral. We tweet a lot during game days and maybe some XFL coming up. We'll see. Casey, yeah, uh, maybe. what do you think? I'm into it. I've watched a couple games now. They, okay. They've been on at bars, and <laughs> I pay attention. And, and I stop conversating house. with other people, and I just watch the TV, which is yeah. what happens for the NFL, too. So maybe they're doing something right. Maybe they got something right going hey, on there. Phil Rivers to the Colts. I'm calling it. All right. Okay. Hot take. There you go. <laughs> Taking a spot. Um, but this has been the Weekly Spiral, bringing you fresh football every week, uh, and we really appreciate you tuning in for it. Tune in next time on Episode 29. We have some exciting stuff coming up, and we look forward to uh, sharing it with you all.